shining right have you been shining you've been shining say praise the lord and I, i'm sure that we, ha- we all have testimonies and i know that testimonies will continue to abound in our lives in jesus name so this is the aftermath of um shining shine because we've been shining you know shine your shine are you shining do you need a shade to see my shine and my light praise the lord so the topic today is shining as god intended Shining as God intended. Praise the Lord. Shining as God intended. And we have a question here that um, I want us to be really, you know, vulnerable. I want us to be real. I want us to be sincere. Praise the Lord. Have you or someone you know ever had an opportunity to do something great and outstanding and made a blunder instead? Have you had um, a privilege of, you know, maybe you're supposed to do a presentation or you went for an interview, and you, I mean, you had prepared so well, and or maybe you are good with words, and you know, you, you had to do a presentation, and you knew that you were going to knock it off, you are going to do a very good job, and then you got there, you became afraid, and you couldn't do anything, you were so scared. I mean, how did you feel? Praise the Lord. How did you feel? Okay, Pastor Lamide, how did you feel? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, I remember many, many years ago when I was in the choir. And so, um, so it was going to be my first time to take the solo, you know. And I had rehearsed and practiced and prayed about it. And so in church on that day, it was a, it was a Sunday service. And so I, I, I took the first verse well. And then when it got to the second, everything just flew off my head. And I just stood there instead of, you know, because I wasn't used to taking solo. So instead of just, you know, trying to cover it up somehow, I just kept quiet. You know, after a while, you know, the choir just continued with the chorus. And for me, it was so embarrassing. And, you know, subsequently, I didn't even want to take solos anymore. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, the fear of, you know, what had gone wrong. Thank you, Pastor Lamy. The round of applause for Pastor Lamy. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Any other contribution? Any other? Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, Joy. Okay. Okay, that's the lovely lady at the back. Okay, let's give her the mic. Okay, good evening, ma'am. Hi, hello, Joy. Okay, I remember a few years back when my cousin, I took my cousin for an examination. It was supposed to be a scholarship exam. She has read all through, we've prepared her. So that day in the hall, for her to, she was writing all of a sudden, she went blank. The next thing she was saying to the invigilator was, sir, please, could you help me spell W-A-S, was, W-A-S, was. She was just there and she went blank. Help me to spell W-A-S, was. The man was like, what are you saying? You are spelling it. And she said, help me. So she was on that until the time elapsed. And I felt very bad. She felt very bad. So that was one of the experiences. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So um, I'll quickly share a story. I had, had um, um, I mean, a privilege to see something like that. We had gone for um, my, one of my children's inter-house spot, 
And then there was this game called fill in the bucket, fill in the bucket. So they would put a bucket, you know, here, and, that, and then they would, they, would give the, they would give the children some bottles. And then they would take water from a particular bucket on a particular spot, and they would use the bottle to take it to another bucket in the middle. So the aim is to take water from this full bucket with a bottle and then fill another second bucket. And then once the second bucket gets filled up, you will carry the bucket and then run to the finishing line. Praise the Lord. So there was this fantastic, you know, looking one, beautiful, I mean, looking good boy. You know, he was looking so fine. And when he got to that starting point, he, he actually waved at us. He waved, you know, did a bar. You know, it was fantastic. We all loved him. And we really wanted him to win. And so he would, and he was, he was, you know, when, when I saw him, I knew that he was in his element. You know, he, he really was doing it well. So he would take the bottle, fill the bottle, run to the middle, pour the content, and then run back. And, you know, people started clapping for him and all that. And then eventually he was forced to get his bucket filled. So he got his bucket filled, and then he carried the bucket, and then he ran back to where he was getting the bucket from. And we all cried, we're like, oh my, you know, oh my. And we we're also disappointed. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. I need to be like, I can't, the light is. Praise the living Jesus. So, you know, we, we, we saw him and we were not very happy. Praise the Lord. We were not very happy because we felt that he should have won. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says that since we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, a cloud of witnesses, we should run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now, if you go through Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about heroes of faith. These were people that, you know, people like us. Talked about Jephthah, talked about Gideon, talked about, you know, Daniel, talked about Joseph. These people went through the same thing that we went through. And now they are in heaven. They are saying, you can do it. They are telling us that we have what it takes to do it. To run our race, to shine and finish strong. Praise the living Jesus. So our text today is from Romans 12.5. MSG version. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all this excellently formed and marvelously functioning part in Christ's body... Let us just go ahead and be what we are made to be. Praise the living Jesus. You know, God has deposited a lot of things into us. And God expects us to shine, to be the best that he created us to be. Praise the living Jesus. So God expects us to shine. So why do I have to shine? So I have a question here. I say, why do I have to shine? Why do I have to shine? Praise the Lord. A very wise man said that what you have is God's gift to you. What you do with yourself is your gift to God. What you have is God's gift to you. What you do with yourself is your gift to God. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. So why do I have to shine? Why do I have to shine? Number one, I have to shine because... God deserves my best. God deserves my best. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, MSG version, it says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Honor God with everything you have. Your talents, your giftings, 
the fruit of your lips. Give him the best and the very first. So we have to shine because God actually deserves our best and his giftings to us are for us to give him that best. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the Lord. So why do I have to shine? Why do I have to shine? I have to shine because I give God glory when I shine. Praise the Lord. In Romans 11:36, Living Bible Version, it says, For everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. And everything is for his glory. To him be glory forevermore. Praise the Lord. You give God glory when you shine. You give God glory when you shine. Now, why do I have to shine? Number three, why do I have to shine? I have to shine because that is the reason why God created you. You have to shine because that is the reason why God created you. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 7. They are my own people and I created them to bring me glory. God is saying you are his people. And the reason why he created you is so that you can give him glory. Praise the living Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 4. Jesus was saying to God, he was saying it emphatically. He said, I have brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. Jesus told God that I have brought you glory here on earth because I have done what you asked me to do. So once we do what God expects us to do, what God wants us to do, we automatically give him glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. So when anybody on earth fulfills his glory, he brings glory to God. Praise the Lord. The glory of God is human being fully alive. The glory of God is human being fully alive. Praise the living Jesus. So, so I want us to just look at it in the context of, so what does it really mean to shine? So we had the GWDIA program, and Papi told us that we need to shine. It is important for us to shine. Praise the Lord. So what does it mean to shine? Praise the Lord. To shine means to give out or to radiate bright light. To give out light or to radiate bright light. To be brilliant or excellent at something. To shine means you're giving out bright light or you are excellent, you know, or very brilliant at something. Praise the Lord. And I did a bit of search. I said, what are the synonyms? of shining. What, what are the other words that we could use for shining? So I, list, I did a list of them. I said to shine means to glow. To glow. To glow. To beam. Beaming. Shining means success. Brilliance. Excellence. Talented. Radiance. Happy. Healthy. Smooth. Splendid. Praise the living Jesus. These are, you know, the synonyms, the other words that we can use for shining. So when you're shining, you should be healthy. Praise the living Jesus. When you're shining, you should be glowing. When our children are doing well in school, they're brilliant. They're shining. When, when you see someone who is using his talent and his gifting to the glory of God, he's shining. When you see someone who is happy, joyful, full of joy, Peaceful. It's shining. When someone had done a fantastic job, oh, you said this is splendid. 
that person is shining. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. So, let's, let's go on as we just, you know, talk. Praise the Lord. So, the, the light is so dark for me. Is there a way I can have light, please? Is it possible? Because I can't see. Can I, is it possible? Okay, praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. So, I said, the word, the word has been released. You know, we had, we had our GWGIE, and Pastor talked to us about how we, we're going to shine, what we need to shine about. The heavens are open. God's light is radiating already. And this is not only for this season. So, a, a couple of years back, we had uh, blooming. It was a year of bloom, and a lot of businesses started. And those businesses are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So, this word is not just for this season. This word is for the rest of our lives. And that's what we need to understand shining in all ramifications. What it stands for, what we need to do to keep on shining. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. So, I said, but we need to understand that living our lives for the glory of God and, of course, shining for him will require a change of priorities. It can't be, it can't be business as usual. Praise the living Jesus. So, if we're going to shine, if we're going to live our life for Christ, then there's going to be a change of parity. Praise the living Jesus. Parities. A change in schedule. Our schedules must change. Praise the Lord. Our relationships must change. Because, you know, shining has to do with what? Being happy. It has to do with what? Glowing. It has to do with what? Splendid. Praise the living Jesus. Being splendid. Praise the living Jesus. So, it will sometimes mean choosing a difficult path or a less treaded path instead of an easy one. So for us to shine, we have to make some hard, hard decisions. And like I said, it can't be business as usual. Praise the Lord. Now in John chapter 12, verse 27 to 28, Jesus, our Savior, said, Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but, this, for, but for this purpose I came to, to this hour. So Father, glorify your name. Praise the living. So even Jesus, even Jesus, when he was to fulfill his purpose, got to a point when he was tired. He had to go through a tough patch. I mean, going to the cross was not easy. He wasn't smiling when he was going to the cross. I'm sure you know that. I mean, some of us had watched the Passion of Christ. Jesus was not smiling when he was going to the cross. But it was his destiny. It was his purpose. And so he was thinking within himself, should I, should I ask God to take this cup away from me? But I can't say that because this is my purpose, because this is my destiny. Praise the living Jesus. So what I'm saying in essence is this, for us to shine, we, have to, we, we might have to make some very, very hard calls. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. This place is really dark for me. Okay. So to shine, you need to do a lot of trade-offs, a lot of trade-offs. Now, Papi had prayed for us. We had fasted. We had prayed. But there are things we still have to do to ensure that we live a continuous life of shining. And not only us. The Bible says that a righteous man lives in inheritance for his children, children. The Bible says that, you know, that, 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 that the way of a righteous man, see a righteous man, see a man of peace. The end of that man is what? It's peace. And that generations after him are what? They are blessed. So we need to know how to go about it such that not only will shining start with us, it won't end with us, it will go to our First, second, third, and fourth generations. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. 
So to shine, you will need to do a lot of trade-offs. To get to the highest level of shine, you will need to choose or make some unpopular choices. You have to make unpopular choices. So what are the choices we have to make to shine, to continue in this shining mode? Praise the living Jesus. You will have to choose number one, achievement over affirmation. You have to choose achievement over affirmation. Praise the living Jesus. Let's open the Bible to Luke chapter 8, verse 43 to 48. Luke chapter 8, 43 to 48. So this is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We know this woman. Praise the living Jesus. So a woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay eating, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched Jesus, and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, I said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Praise the living Jesus. So, well, I just want to quickly, um, you know, explain one or two things to us. Now, back in the day, when a woman is having a menstrual period, she can't even go out. Now, you remember the story of um, Rachel, when her father was trying to check for the gods. She said, my father, I'm having my period. I can't even stand up. I'm sitting there. I can't stand up. So this woman was not even meant to even go out, not to talk of touching Jesus. Now, she had to defy, to, to defy the custom of that land because she wanted to get something from God. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the Lord. So let's open our Bibles again to Matthew 20, 29 to 33. Matthew 20, 29 to 23. As Jesus and his disciples left the town of Jericho, as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming towards where they were, they began to shout, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The people said, be quiet. The crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do? Lord, they said, we want to see. Praise the Lord. So these guys were blind. You know, he that is down is fair no fault. They were blind. And so... They were crying. They were desperate. They wanted God to help. They wanted Jesus to help them. And people were like, don't shout. Can you just be quiet? Can you just be civilized? Can you just be tush? And this guy shouted more. This is not a matter of tushness. I need to get my miracle. And guess what happened? They got their miracle. Praise the living Jesus. So for us to shine, you know, we need to be able to, you know, stop looking for affirmations. What would this person say? If I do X, Y, and Z, what would this particular person say? We have to look at what we need to get. You know, a thing done. I said, what is what is achievement? Achievement is a thing done successfully with effort, skill, or courage, even despite 
the fact that you are afraid. The woman with the issue of blood was trembling. But even in the midst of her fear, she went ahead and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Praise the living Jesus. You have to trade the praise of men for the things of value that you can accomplish with God. Praise the living Jesus. You can't be one of your boys and fulfill God's destiny. You know, if, if someone is saying, oh, he's my boy, oh, she's my girl, that means you, 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 you have to be loyal to that person. And most often than not, this particular person could ask you to do what you don't want to do because you are his boy. So you can't be someone else's boy and still, you know, be loyal to God. Number two, we have to choose excellence over acceptability. We have to choose excellence over acceptability. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, believers, whatsoever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and bring peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. So, the hem is, whatsoever God has placed before you, whatsoever thing that God has placed within you, you're supposed to give it your best. Think in terms of excellence. How do I do this particular thing well? For us to shine, we have to be excellent at whatsoever we do. So, we define excellence, the quality of being outstanding or extremely good, while acceptability is the quality of being tolerated or allowed. So, your, your child writes a common entrance exam, and she did excellently well. Of course, she's going to be celebrated. And then she's called maybe 50 over 100. Well, if we don't have enough people for a particular set, maybe for the first batch, that we can ask her to come in. She's being tolerated. So, excellence has to do with, you know, giving it your best the best that you know within yourself that you can do. That's what excellence is all about. Praise the living Jesus. So I said making a commitment to excellence is a fundamental step in your journey to shining. You have to make a con con continuous commitment to excellence. That's a fundamental step on your journey to shining. I said believe it or not, lack of excellence has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with money, really. It has nothing to do with personality or condition. Excellence is always a choice. A choice that we have to make consciously. Make up our mind that we're going to do things excellently well. We're going to try our best, you know, as God helps us to be excellent at whatsoever we do. Praise the Lord. Papi always says that excellence honors God and inspires people. When you do things excellently well, it gives God glory. And people are inspired. And some people will say, if Sister B can do it, then I think I can. And so you, you open people to a world of endless possibility. So, third thing we need to choose, we need to choose personal growth over immediate pleasure. Praise the Lord. We need to choose personal growth over immediate pleasure. We're going to open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 to 12. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at Joseph lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. 
But Joseph refused. Joseph said, look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a terrible thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. God always takes us through a process of personal growth. Now, the story of Joseph, you know, when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, he was an houseboy. He was in charge of the household. So I guess in the morning when he wakes up, he would make lunch, he would, you know, prepare things and all that. But God was taking him through a personal journey of growth. Because it was after he left Potiphar's house, he became a manager. He was a manager of a house. After he left Potiphar's house, he became a manager of a prison. And then from there, he became a manager of a nation. Praise the Lord. So if Joseph had slept with Mrs. Potiphar, I'm sure he would never have become the prime minister in Egypt because he would not have passed his personal growth test. Praise the Lord. Our life is a test. And so if we pass a particular level of test, God gives us another assignment, a higher assignment. But when you don't pass, then you don't expect a promotion. Praise the living Jesus. So... There are no shortcuts to anywhere worth going. There are no shortcuts to anywhere worth going. So since we are going to shine, since we are shining already, we should know that there are no shortcuts to anywhere worth going. You cannot dedicate yourself to pursuing pleasure and make genuine progress in your personal growth at the same time. So you can't, you can't be running after pleasure and make, you know, progress. You have to develop yourself. You have to pay attention to personal growth. And you can go forward. So number four, what do we need to choose? We need to choose future potential over financial gain. So because the heavens are open, we're going to have a lot of opportunities. We're going to get a lot of calls. We're going to get a lot of business offers. We're going to get a lot of open doors. And so we need to think within ourselves. Is this strategic to my future, or is it, is it just about financial gain? In Philippians 3.8, MSG version, Paul was saying, compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ, Jesus as my master, first I had, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. I've dumped them all at his feet. So Paul was saying that there were things he felt were very important before now, but now he had a change of priority. Now he's saying financial gain really is nothing compared to the future potential. You know, we've had mothers that they have to take um, a cut back in pay so that they can have flexible time to raise their children. And one of the reasons why Abraham was special to God was because God trusted Abraham that was going to raise his children after him to serve the Lord. So for someone like Abraham, maybe he could, he could, he could trade his, maybe a high-profile, you know, paying salary for something less demanding that could be flexible so that he can take his children to tribe, so that he can bring them for Saturday movie night. Praise the living Jesus. So sometimes we need to do that on our, on our way to getting
getting to where God wants us to be. You can actually trade, you know, financial gain for, you know, future potential. Praise the Lord. So, the, the, the other thing we need to choose, we need to choose a narrowed focus over scattered interest. We need to choose a narrowed focus over scattered interest. In Philippians 3.13, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, No, dear brothers, I have not achieved it. It was Paul speaking here. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So Paul was saying that he had to narrow his focus. He has to put, you know, most of his scattered interests aside so that he can live a life that glorifies God. Now, Papi in his book, when he said that, focus is focus on one course unto success. So you focus on a particular task, on a particular assignment, until you've succeeded in that. So once you are done with that particular task, once you've passed that particular stage of life, then you move to another. So it is not that you're, you're doing A, you're doing B, you've not finished A, you're doing B. You've not finished B, you're doing C. You've not finished C, you're doing D. You have to do one, be a master at it, do it well, be successful in it, and then move forward from there. Praise the Lord. So find that one thing. So on our journey to shining, we need to find that one thing. Praise the Lord. Pursue one decisive aim with force and determination. Pursue one decisive aim with force and determination. That's, that's one of the things we learned from winning. Pursue one decisive aim with force and determination. When we dilly dally, we rob ourselves of significant progress. Tell me, Monet, Winnie. When we dilly dally, we rob ourselves of significant progress. So the other thing we need to choose, we need to choose significance over security. Thank God for this light. We need to choose significance over security. Let's open our Bible to Esther chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. Amplified. Okay. So Mordecai sent his reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Amen. You know, thank God for people like Mordecai, people that can look you in the eye and tell you the truth. You know, Esther, we know the story of Esther. Esther was raised by Mordecai, and then she became a queen. And then the, the, um, Haman had gone to, to plot evil against the Jews, and Esther was in the palace. She was secured. She was having good food. She had good clothing. She had maids and all that. But Mordecai wasn't a man to flatter anyone. He told her the truth. Come, babe. You are here for a reason. And if you don't stand up, if you are too secured to be significant, then God will bring deliverance from another quarters, and you are, going to, you are going to pay for it. And that was a wake-up call for Esther. And then she, she, she took God, you know, by the hand and said, God, you have to come through for me. And Mom said she called as a maid, 
and all of them fasted together, and she went into the king, and the story was changed. Praise the Lord. So, so you know, many people enjoy feeling secure. It's a natural feeling, you know. Abraham Maslow in the hierarchy of this said that security is one of the physiological needs. But we need to go beyond being secured to living a life of significance. Now, it was because Esther stood up for, for our people that we name our children Esther's today, right? Because she became a force to reckon with. She stood in the gap for the whole country, I mean, for all the Jews that were in that land at that particular time. And God, you know, took absolute control. Praise the Lord. So it is easy to make money. It is easy to make money. But it is tougher to make a difference. And that's the essence of significance. The ability to make a difference in your world and in the life of others. Praise the Lord. The ability to make a difference in your world and in the life of others. And so when we shine, when we give light, you know, when God has given us light, we're supposed to give light to other people. That is what shining is all about. So God allowed Esther to shine, and it was a responsibility to give light to people around her. And she was able to pass that test. I pray that we're going to pass the test of life in Jesus' name. So the other thing we need to choose, we need to choose integrity over conformity. We need to choose integrity over conformity. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Praise the Lord. So what is integrity? So I did a bit of definition. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principle. Uprightness of character. You know, there's no way you can shine without integrity. You know, those that are named after the Lord should depart from iniquity. It doesn't look good on Christians, believers. When you're a Christian, you're falsifying records. It doesn't look good. And when you're a Christian, you're hoeing. Someone has done a business with you, ordinary 10,000, you've not paid back. And then the person comes to you and you're saying, how much is the money itself? It doesn't make sense. Praise the Lord. It doesn't make sense. So the quality of being honest and having strong moral principle, that is integrity. So conformity, behavior in accordance with social accepted norms. What is popular? What is trending? That's, that's, that's conformity. But integrity is standing up for what you know is right and having strong moral judgment. Praise the Lord. So Philippians 1, 11. Philippians 1, 11. So let's, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says that um, bad company corrupts good manners. Bad companies corrupt good manners. Boxes can two work together except they agree. So as, as we enter this season of shining, we need to be careful of our associations. Who do we do life with? Now in church, we have the house fellowships, we have the women groups, we have women's cell, we have the homemakers, we have 
you know, the entrepreneur women, we have quite a lot of these people. Now, it is safer for us to do life with people that will not corrupt our manners. Because at times when we have good intentions, but good intentions are never enough. It is what we do with what we need to do. So we need to be careful of the kind of friends we have. We need to be careful of the kind of people we do businesses with. We need to always check the Holy Spirit within us before we enter into any business transactions because we know that we're going to have a lot of deals. But we need to be sure that God is leading us. Integrity is crucial for business and personal success. Integrity is usually developed in small daily decisions. So I'll, I'll go back to the story of Joseph. You know, he didn't know that he was going to become the prime minister of Egypt. Of course, he, he, he has had a series of dreams where he saw the moon and the stars and, you know, they were, and, you know, they were bound down. For, well, he could not really understand that God was going to take him to that level. But if he had slept with Mrs. Potiphar, if he had dumbled into that, you know, that error, he would never have become a prime minister. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't when he got to the top. It was the daily decisions he had to make. And he was saying, how can I do this thing? The focus, the foundation was God. How do I do these things and sin against God? So usually integrity starts a small matter. Do you pray? Do you do tight? When, when, when we're fasting in church, do you fast? Or you, 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 you take, um, I don't know, take something and then you clean your mouth and you're looking as if you're, you know, small, small things. Nobody's going to check you. But it's like foundation. If the foundation is cracky or it's cracking, the house is going to collapse eventually. So by the time you put a structure on it, it's going to collapse. So once you ensure that those small, small details of our lives are in top shape, you don't lie. If you're home in one thousand, you pay the person. I mean, just put things in place. And then when you have to deal with big issues of life, it becomes easier. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. So, if the foundation upon which um, other qualities of life is shaky, then it's going to affect our shining. If the foundation of integrity is weak or fundamentally flaw, then shining becomes impossible. You, you can't shine as a believer when you're stealing money. Or you can't even tell people in your, in your, in your office that you're a Christian. They can't, they can't even believe it because it's not, it's, not, it's not showing. So a little white lie is still a lie. Theft is theft, whether it's one dollar or one million dollar. Praise the Lord. A life that shines is a life that gives God's glory. Integrity commits itself to character over personal gain. People over things. How do you treat people? Do you, do you take advantage of people to get things? You know? Service over power. Principle over convenience. And the long view over the immediate. That's what integrity does. It puts preeminence over the things of value. Integrity puts preeminence over the things that are eternal. Things will fade, but people, I mean, someone was saying that you, you can, you can, you can, you can, it takes uh, 20 years to plant a tree, but it takes years when you invest in people. Generations after generations become blessed when you invest in people. So you can't quantify things over people. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3a, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3a says, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. The Son, Jesus Christ, radiates God's glory 
and expresses the very character of God. So for us to radiate God's glory, we must express the very character of God. For us to shine, we must express the character of God. Praise the Lord. If we want to shine and the character of God is not in us, then it becomes impossible. There's no way you can shine stealing her work. There's no way you can shine falsifying record. It won't work. So just like Jesus, we need to express the character of God for us to radiate God's glory. So both of them work pari passu. Praise the living Jesus. So what are the characters of God? God is faithful. Are you faithful? We need to be faithful. If you are not faithful, you go back to God and talk to him. Lord, make me to be faithful. What does it take to be faithful? Lord, I need to be faithful. God is light. In him, there's no variableness or shadow of turning. It, it, God is not lukewarm. He is the very essence of his character. It doesn't say blue when it means red. It doesn't get to work at nine and say it got to work at eightish. You got to work at 8.59. You are saying it's 8-ish. So the last person wrote 7, 7.59. I used to wrote 8, 8, o'clock, 8 o'clock. You got to work at 9.50. God is light. In him, there's no variableness. There's no darkness in him at all. God is patient. Are you patient with your spouse? Are you patient with your children? Some people, they like outsiders better than people that live in. It's, it's the wrong way. The Bible says anyone who does not provide for his family is an infidel, is an unbeliever. He has denied the faith. So you cannot love someone outside more than the people that are inside. You cannot pay your children's school fees. You are giving money outside. It's wrong. Praise the Lord. So God is patient and he keeps his promises. Those are the character of God. He keeps his promises. And he knows how to put people in their place. Praise the living. God knows how to put people in their place. He can discern who each person is. Praise the living Jesus. Praise the living Jesus. So... We have to do likewise and be like him. The only way we can shine is to be like Jesus. Is to be like Jesus so that become a display of his splendor. So that anywhere we go to, when they see us, they know that we are being with Jesus. Now the problem with the world today is that a lot of people say they are believers. A lot of people say they are Christians, but the world has not changed. When you are driving on the road, you see born again cars. A lot of stickers on the car. The man is taking one way. It doesn't make sense. So we need to be like Jesus. That is the only way we can shine. Praise the Lord. So today, what are we committing to? We've heard the word. What are we committing to? Of course, we're shining. We're going to shine. What will you commit to? What do you think could hinder you from shining? Because the heavens are open and God cannot lie. He had told us that this is a season to shine. What? Is an endurance, and those endurances that we have from shining will not be, they are not from God, they are usually from us. So check yourself and say, Lord, what am I committing to? Praise the living Jesus. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Because I'm a